24th episode of Born in Trouble. Let me try that again. Welcome to what I believe is the 24th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John S. What's going on? How's everybody doing tonight? How y'all feeling? What's the deal? It's a great day, bro. Rob, you starting already, man. You just got on the show, bro. <laughs> hey, man, let's just let's just get the elephant in the room out the room. That's not an elephant, bro. That's a look. The Giants took a bad one. What are you gonna do? Yeah, right in the right face. Yeah, they took it right in the face. And right, and so on top on, on top of taking the L, they're paying uh they're paying Daniel Jones forty million dollars. Red, you're, in, um, Red, you're in, in Ohio. You want to get on New York Giants fashion real quick? I just wonder, can we get them and the Bears off of TV? That's it, man. You're tired of some bad football. <laughs> I mean, let my commanders get some of this love. I mean, if we're going to show bad teams. Well, I mean, commanders. The commanders ain't doing the, ain't bad, though. We'll see next week if they lose to the Giants. If they, Giants, lose, if they lose to the Giants, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cause a disturbance somewhere. Giants fans are all in on the tank right now. But uh yeah, let me introduce y'all first. Well, Cleveland or somewhere in Ohio. Wait, what did LeBron say? I'm not from Cleveland, I'm from where? Akron. Akron. Well, I'm, I'm, from the city of, I'm from the city of Funk. Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. That's right. Dayton, Ohio. You could just say Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio players. Ohio players. Boosie Collins. Yeah. Ain't Boosie from Dayton, too? I thought he was Cincinnati. I think he's Cincinnati. Okay, he's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. Either way, Mr. Reggie Wood. Well, What's going on, fellas? Great to be back. Great to be back. From Wait, no, Philadelphia. You look tentative, John. Why? Well, I, I'm trying to figure Listen, I'm in, um, I'm in like temporary surroundings, temporary new surroundings. I'm just set up really quick so we can um, do the show because this is what we do. And I'm just trying to find my, find my footing here. So that's all it is. So Mr. Brooks with the good looks from New Jersey. Robert Brooks. The armpit of America. Thank you for asking. Somehow I settled oh, wow. here. Wow. Sure how it wow. happened. It happened. The armpit of America, New Jersey. Represent Mr. Robert Brooks. And of course, from Detroit, Michigan. The city wing. Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? How you feeling, Bridget? Feeling good, good feeling good. You know, we're approaching the holidays. It's, you know, everybody's got a Black Friday sale starting this Wednesday. So, you know, <laughs> right. commerce is in full effect. <laughs> they should have to get you part with yeah. $6 early this year. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, America. Money, all money down is a bet, Nick. Thank you, America. Listen, commerce, it is the American way. Everything is based upon the dollar, right? Everything that we talk about is all wrapped up in the dollar dollar bill, yo. So it is what it is. Yeah. Even even uh somehow getting fired is even worth seventy six million dollars. How's that? Texas Tech. And Texas Tech. A and M. Firing their coach and they got to pay this joker seventy six million dollars. Seventy six million dollars in in order to fire him. Damn. Contract's a beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing. Un until you're a player. Well, even if you like, you know, if you're a baseball player, you sign on the dotted line. All that money is yours. Only those who don't like the contracts, true. the NFL guys, because the NFL right. don't care. They'll rip them up heartbeat. Right. Let me tell you something. If we doubt that there's a Jesus. Become a football coach. 
For real. Yeah. Because Scats is getting paid. Or be a mediocre NFL quarterback and get injured. You get any money automatically. Congratulations, Daniel Jones. You have reached the man top. How if you if you uh what's the more more in that in that family name the horror family that on the giant yeah are you are you kicking yourself yet in private are you saying damn we should have just paid Saquon for, we could have got away with paying Saquon fifteen and we don't yeah. fuck around and pay this show for forty yeah yeah you know what the worst part about that is they could have he was still on his rookie contract. They could have extended them the year before and it would have been less of a hit and he would have hit free agency right now. Mm-hmm. So they fucked that one up big time. big time. Yeah, but that's, 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 uh, the NFL is going to have to do something about this, uh, pay structure, the way it's, the way it's going. They, uh, cause the, the product is suffering more than anything because you're not paying the running backs. You're paying the quarterbacks too much. So it's difficult for a team to win. You can't really develop a quarterback because they got it. They have to be out there within that, that five year window. They have to get out there immediately and start playing. So hopefully they can get to a Super Bowl. They're going to have to do something with this pay structure. Well, there's no loyalty with teams and there's no, they're building teams like rotisserie leagues. Right. They They act like they're playing fantasy. Yeah, exactly. And that's why there's no continuity. What's the average NFL career, Rob? Two years or three years? Three years. How many? Three, three years. Three years. I mean, most of the times teams were like, I remember the Giants used to keep linebackers around the year, you know, that were reasonable. Byron Hunt, um, you know, lots of guys, they just keep them on the roster that long. Now that's their entire career. Speaking of giant linebackers, speaking of giant linebackers, how about uh, Alex Pierce? Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce. Damn, well, messing everybody's name up today. (laughs) Yeah, well, he know who he is. He know who he is. Shout out to Antonio. So, fellas, is there anything else you want to talk about this afternoon? Anything that's on your mind, something that's bothering you? Has this world got you down? And do you need this show and this conversation to get you up? We are here. By the way, brothers, I just wanted to commend y'all. Last week, the show was so good. I kept trying to get a clip. You know, I usually put a clip out to to advertise what we're saying, but I have to say, honestly, the whole show was really good from the beginning to the end. So, like, kudos to you guys. Sure. A little bit sexy. A little bit raunchy. But that's what makes life <laughs> That sounds like great content. Yeah. 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 It was really great. I couldn't figure it out. So it's like I just left it alone. So picking up along those lines, Rob and I had had a conversation today about some stuff that was going on in the world. Um, Rob, you want to tell them, you know, about your conversation at the barbershop, what happened with, with the brother you were talking to? Uh, you know, it's... It, it was good conversation. It was a moment brother hung out, um, knew I was coming in and he hung out to, to talk to me and he wanted to talk about forg- the concept of forgiveness. He going through it with his baby mom. Like he got a 12 year old son. She is doing everything she can to create a wedge between him and his child. Uh, she's coming out. She's openly provoking him, trying to get him to react and, um, you know, he's frustrated, but he's like, yo, he's, so he's meditating on the concept of forgiveness. So we had like a long conversation about how you move on and how you, you keep contact with stuff like that. And I thought it was like a great moment in that, you know, we wound up talking about a whole, we wound up getting way off topic and talking about a whole bunch of things that, you know, brothers don't normally talk about. And it was, it was just a great forum to, to discuss some of these things and also help him, you know, get lawyered up so he can go and fight this evil witch. Um, right. He he got he got a fight on his hands. I, I thought I was like, I know some people who've been through this fight. You know, I, I was on I was in at a lesser level than he is, but I know some people who was in it full. He got, you know, people chasing him down for back child support. He's paid full child support. She's still trying to chase him down because she want more. 
Judge had this slap mm-hmm. her down. He went, in, he went into court, and she had hired a PI to investigate him and then went and filed for more child support. So in court, he's like, well, how much did that cost? Like, you want more child support? What did that cost? And she's right. like, that's right. irrelevant. And even the judge was like, no, actually, that's quite relevant. <laughs> so, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't really remember how much that cost. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. But I, I thought it was just a good moment. It's good to see brothers opening up and, and, you know, discussing the things that really matter and wait until they explode. Well, that brings so, We were having that conversation that brought me back to my younger years some of my fights that I had with the courts and with the ex and trying to stay calm. And, you know, now I'm, now I'm older, but even back then I was like extremely Zen about it in a lot of ways, because there really isn't much you can do in those situations. If you jump back, if you talk back and everything, if you don't say anything, you're, you're a punk, supposedly quote unquote punk. But if you talk back, then, you're basically doing exactly what they want you to do. Exactly. If you put her in her place like you should, that the way that's going to get reported in court is going to be way different than what you actually said. And now, you know, she's going to leave some of the run up to the conversation out of it. And therefore, you're just going to be wearing it in court. Like that was my big. Absolutely. Like, you know, my my ex mother-in-law, she was, you know. She wouldn't lift a finger to help herself. But in court, she'd have been like, oh, shit. She'd have been shooking the judge and everything. They'd have been like, this monster right here. This black monster right here. You know, she'd make it just dry. I, I, was, I was literally scared of that because I knew, you know, I've seen her sister do the bullshit. I've seen her mother do the bullshit, too. But I've seen, they'd all been sitting there, you know, crocodile tears have been flowing. I was, I was definitely afraid of that. Now, does she have a boyfriend? The ex, you know, did he tell she's you had, she... she's had a couple? Oh, his? Yeah. His dude? Yeah. Um, no, no. He uh she's she didn't have a boyfriend, but she's just like she gives her kid a burner phone when she goes to her dad's house. When he goes to his dad's house. What's the purpose of that? Not sure. I think she he thinks that she's got a listening device or something installed on the kid's phone. Because she is coming to court with some stuff that the only way she would know that is if she was either listening to the conversations or reading the kids' texts. Man. That's a lie. Yeah. Red, you ever did anyone like that? Go through those issues? Man, I kind of got to be, I got to recuse myself from the conversation, man. I'm the only brother on here with no kids. And then I've been married for... uh, 20 years, so I ain't got no drama to risk. What was that character in, uh, in Undercover Brother? Smart Brother. Yeah. Yeah, man. Your relationship could be lovely for a long time as long as you don't got the kids into it. Yeah, yeah so I, don't, I don't even want to fame any kind of well, you know what? Maybe we can take this in a different direction, though, because, like, what's it like living in heaven? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, tell, you know, tell us about utopia. Tell us about utopia. Is it true? Do they serve the ambrosia all day? Are there fried chicken buckets that just come flying through your living room when you're watching television? What? How great is that? If I share too much with you, good brothers, then they will re- revoke my. Uh... <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's like it's like Wakanda. <laughs> right. Now I would imagine, man. Um, it's like Wakanda. Damn, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I, I don't have nothing, man. I, I listen to some of these stories, uh, the dating stuff. Y'all, pro- y'all might have heard about this, whatever happened. However, uh, the Cheesecake Factory became a big topic in the last <laughs> week and a half. I'm at a loss for all of this Man. stuff, boy. Well, that, that's just that social media driving the conversation. Like, you know, 
there's uh see now this gonna come off this gonna come off bad but the truth is what it is truth ain't always pretty you got all these women out here thinking that they deserve a dude they think they deserve trips and they deserve bags and they should their, their feet should never touch the floor again and like what do you actually bring into the table you don't you got nothing what do you bring to the table? Like, why do you deserve this? You can't tell a woman that she don't deserve it. You can't tell a five that she a five. Mm-hmm. You know, women all women sit there and talk to each other, and to them, they're all eight to ten. You know, yeah. and they all think that they that they deserve a ten as a man. Mm-hmm. So, like, like you got cheesecake factory is bad. Yo, if that's where dude can go, if you want to go someplace, someplace better. Yo, I've actually told beautiful women, yo, you're beautiful. I like you. You're cool with everything, but I'm not going through all that trouble to get rich yet. There's a, there's somebody out there that'll that'll like do that for you. So God bless and uh, good night. You know, I was I was on the apps for a little while, and you know, you meet some, these women. They ain't afraid. There's a bunch of them that's just on there for meals. There's a bunch yeah. of them really have no intention of really trying to build a relationship. They just try, they just there to get dinner a couple times a week. Mm. You know, they're there to do lots of first and maybe second dates, but that's about it. Like a good puppy. But that's, that's, if you're a woman though, in my viewpoint of this thing, it's too many women that think they should Avery when you're really silly. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and that and that's really what the problem is, you know what I mean? But people are typically not honest with women because everybody wanna fuck them. Mm-hmm. Right? So people just don't be honest with them. But the way I look at it, like, so I, in my in my as I've gotten older, I've become unafraid to lose. Right? And that that being unafraid to lose just allows me to do whatever I want to do. Now, of course, that that whatever I want to do is not I, I mean, like, I'm not I'm not gorilla pimping out here. I'm not going to go choke nobody out or, you know, what I mean, like, I ain't I ain't never had no woman like really yell at me or like throw nothing at me because I'm just not that type of dude. But I'm also not going to just lay down and let you roll over me, you know, I, I, and that's typically what they want. But not with your clothes on. Right. Not with my clothes on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Bro. It depends. Yeah. In, right. in the situation, in the situation, that could be, that could be, uh, invited. Right. So like physical, not metaphysical. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. I got you. No, I mean, it, it must be difficult, you know, to be out there like Cheesecake Factory. I like Cheesecake Factory. Everybody likes it's Cheesecake cool. Factory. But I'm not, I'm not saying that it's too big though. You can't, nobody can do all that stuff perfect. No, no. It's, it's way too big a menu. It's impossible. We can sure. agree upon that. Let's, we can yeah. have that cheesecake conversation. That you, it's impossible for you to go to Cheesecake Factory and get perfect food because one day you might want one of the burgers, the next day you might order one of the pasta dishes. And suppose you're in a mood for Cajun. Well, That's on the menu too. They That's on the menu too. Yeah, on the menu too. So I'm here. I'm here to tell you the fish and chips is flame. Hey, so really. Hey, I, I mean, me. look. But you know, you know what? Why it wouldn't work for me? The whole conversation doesn't work for me. Even when I was younger, and y'all know me, I used to be like, "Yo, what was the thing we used to say? Conversation is a lost art. Let's find it." Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Doesn't matter Absolutely. where we go on the first date. If you really that on chick, you're gonna get that value. But what it is is they're trying to set a bar. So it's like sort of like somebody you go into a. Um, what was that old story about? You know, you get a car, they give you a car, they tell you to take it down to the dealer, he offers you two thousand, you take it down to a porn shop, he offers you five hundred, you take it to a car show and they offer him twenty thousand or forty thousand because it's a vintage car that people don't get all the time. And it all depends on what you where you're actually shopping your wares and what you're shopping your goods at. It's the same thing with dating. And when a female who just like has an outer shell of being attractive says that she wants to eat at some place other than the um, cheesesteak factory because she's not quote unquote cheap, 
I don't think she realizes she understands how much of an oxymoron that is. If you, your value shows no matter where you are. And if you're but just really looking for, well. Wait, your, your value is not what, what you believe it is. Your value, honestly, is what I believe it is. It's what the marketplace right? will, will expect yeah. for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care how much I want for my car, right? If, if my car is worth, you know, 5,000 Kelly blue book, I, even if I want 25 for it, I'm probably not going to get 25 for it. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And this is the thing with women. Like you have to be realistic about what you are. And the other thing to me is that in terms of bringing something to the table, women don't really, in their minds, they don't have to bring anything to the table. Because they, they ain't never been in a position to have to win a guy. You know what I'm saying? Guys been hitting on women since they was eight, eight, nine, ten years old. You've been getting hit on if you're a girl. You see what I'm saying? So that's just natural for you. So you didn't develop any skills to charm me. You didn't develop any skills to to woo me, to win my heart with, with anything except me just falling. You know what I mean? And I fall but, just because that, of... That used to be the role of the mama though. The mama used right. to tell, the mama used to teach you, yo, if you're going to get a man and keep a man, this is what you got to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. the mama used to show her the way, but they have those memes out there that says back in the day, your grandmother had eight kids and wore a house coat all the, around the house all the time. Cause she was 10 times more woman than the women that we get now. Well, is it true to say that, um, Women nowadays, the goal is not to get a man and keep a man. It's to get a man and divorce a man and then get another man and divorce a man. I think there are some in that category. I don't think it's everybody because divorce, even if you, even if you in that divorce tears you up for a little bit, even when you are clearly in the right, there was no choice. There was no real other avenue, but to separate, to lift and separate clean from this other human being. Even when you're in that situation, it tears you up a little bit. Because you start second-guessing yourself. How did I allow myself to fall for that type of person? You know, was it about me to get me into these situations? So even when, you, even when you're in the right, like, I don't think there are people who are, you know, but there are definitely people who are way more okay with, you know, if it don't work, I'll divorce them, I'll keep happy. But being realistic, though, when you first go into a relationship with the thought process that I'll just get divorced, you don't necessarily, those people don't necessarily know what divorce is. They, like, you know, you express that it tears you up having been through separations or a separation in your lifetime. But when you're 24 years old, you don't really know that. So it's like, you're just thinking it's going to be just like the way it is on TikTok. So what you're talking about is the real life consequences of the actions, but they're not discussing the consequences. Nobody is going through the emotional toll as an individual. That's like part of the dehumanization of all of us. If we're being honest about it, it's really all of us being dehumanized because we're, our personal feelings don't matter so much in a relationship anymore. What matters about the man? What makes a man a high value man? How much money he has, and not how he's willing to part on, spend on you. Right, exactly. Or just basically the way it appears. So like, say you're a single mom and you marry a quote unquote high value man. And that man gives you a lot of things, but he treats your child like shit. Is that still value? Does everybody still win? At the end of the day, you're, you're not taking into consideration the ones that are with you because the majority of single women do have a child that they're bringing into a relationship. And can you, if a, if a man gets with a woman who already has a child and he's unwilling to provide for that child and help nurture that child, can you actually call that guy a high value man? Right. You know, it depends know? on what you value. Yeah. Like she, As she woman, valued, it, she valued his checkbook. And so I guess he's still a high value man, but in reality, he couple steps behind. Doesn't develop the family, doesn't help. I think it all boils down to what do you really want? You know what I mean? So people, people think that they want this Instagram life, you know, this out in Dubai, out in wherever, in whatever car, 
You know what I mean? They think that that's what they want, but they don't realize that that Instagram life is just snapshots, man. It ain't the, it ain't the reality. You know, like the, a, a relationship ain't just, it ain't just going out to dinner and going to the movies and going to Vegas and you know what I mean? It ain't just that. At some point, you got to talk to this person and communication is everything. And if, if you're not, if you're not happy in who you are already, I don't care what person you find. You, that person ain't go, it ain't, it ain't my job to make no woman happy. Just like it's no woman's job to make me happy. I have to be happy within myself first. And the woman has to be happy within herself first before she can find somebody that's going to make her happy. And it once, once she gets to that level, then it won't matter how much money he has because she'll already be in a, in a place where she's already happy. It won't be up to his money to, to bring her happiness. But that's not the fairy tale that's sold, you know, through American motion pictures, through Hollywood. Right. Well, yeah, pretty woman is, is, uh, like the, the, the gold standard for these chicks out here. Yeah. They want to be on OnlyFans. Yeah. I'm out here on OnlyFans making money. I'm out here. hoeing. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm doing this, that, and the third. I got three babies by eight different dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, and then they get to be 29, 30, 35. And now they want to settle down. Well, now nah, ain't, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no value in you to no dude or to very few. Let me say that. Very few. Yeah. Yeah. To very few dudes are, are they going to find value in you? Because men, men value women. They, they value chastity. They value beauty. They mm. value loyalty. Mm. Those, to me, game. those are the three. Right. Of course. Those are, those are the four things that men value. Well, you know, if I'm being honest, I can only go back to like my own history years and years ago. And I did date like one or two dancers. I wouldn't say we necessarily dated though. I never considered it dating. It was what it was. And, um, generally what I tended to find about them, which is interesting because Grant, you go through the progression, you know, 29 you feel a certain way when you're 29 and you start to get older and you just want to be, you want to be loved up and the consequences of your behaviors and your traces start to become um, problematic because it's not a matter of me shaming you or you shaming you or us shaming you. This is the way that the world perceives things. Mm-hmm. So because nobody on this panel, the chances that one of us on this panel are going to be the man that you actually are trying to s- settle down with are pretty slim, you know, but to my point, like the dating, like going back to them, those women were kind of, they had been affected so much by the men that they were around at all those times that they would find themselves like tricking off on their men. That's why every joke is every stripper has a terrible boyfriend, someone who's in jail or that's the strippers on one end and the guy's got a motorcycle, you know, strippers at a high end club making like $4,000 and this guy's with a motorcycle coming and picking her up at the end of the night. And they're just like, and they just burn out together. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why that happens is because they are, they basically pick up the same tactics. Guy comes, comes into a club, pays them for money, pays them money for their time. They go outside of the club. And despite all these people when it showing them this value with this money, they want to go and they want to show it in a different way by spitting it out. And that's the game. That's the hustle. So that's why even like a lot of the, why a lot of strippers make money very rarely. Well, the ones that make it out, you wouldn't know because they're not trying at 35 to 40 years old telling, telling you like when I was 22, I used to dance at X, Y, and Z. They could be lawyers. They could be doctors. They could be, Accountants, they could be professionals who get it, who get in and get out, do it right. Right. Exactly. Uh, There's, so there's a bunch of strip clubs near the ballpark down here in Philly. And it just so happens that the three biggest ones, those guys all went to school together at one of the most elite private schools in the Philadelphia area, Episcopal Academy. Mm. So these guys were all classmates. And one guy took his dad, had a catering hall that had another building attached to it. They put their first strip club in there. And now they got like eight of them around the. And these other guys, like, so 
one of my buddies went to Episcopal and they played the cross together. So we chat with them. Like we used to have our free Christmas party. Like mm-hmm. our office Christmas party back in the day would start at 530, but they would close the office at one so that the ladies could go home and get dressed and get ready for it. So you had from one to five o'clock to kill. So, you know, we'd go to the naked shit and the boys would set us <laughs> up. But we'd sit there and, and chat with the, with the guys who owned it. And he's like, dude, 99% of these girls, they come in with the best of intentions and they walk out of here with a drug problem. But a lot of it is in here because they know what they're doing is wrong and they're ashamed of what they're doing. And right. so to get through the evening, they need to numb the pain. So there mm-hmm. are a lot of them that they're, that they're even showing up at the door means they have issues. They're trying to numb out every day to get through that. They got another fat, sweaty guy licking on their breast again or squeezing on their ass cheeks. They smell like beer, cigarettes, and construction worker sweat. Um, so, you know, the rabbit hole is right there, two steps from the entrance. And you can go down that hole real quick, and now you're, you know, you just lost. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's how most of them get, unless you stay hyper-focused when you really, you're really about your shit. But a lot of them are just drifting. They're hurt already. They're wounded animals when they walk in the door. Yeah. You know, with no, no purpose, no direction. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's easy to just go down that thing. But there's a, the internet psychologist, Sadia Khan, she's not an internet psychologist, she's an actual psychologist. I follow her on Instagram, whatever. And she talked about the fact that women like that, like women want guys with boundaries. They want guys who are going to have a strong hand. And so if you come, you're a rich guy, you come to the club, you pick her up and you start buying her stuff and you try to turn a hoe into a housewife, she ain't never going to respect you because yeah. you're trying to buy her and she knows it. And she knows that, you're bra- that she breaks all of your boundaries, but you let it happen because she's beautiful. So that's why they've always got the guy on the motorcycle, the bouncer, the DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they always got another dude. The Red V. Woods, who are completely silent during this topic. You can always tell the man who's been married like 20 years. <laughs> or, the, he could, you know, just because he's been married 20 years, he's just trying not to get caught. Reggie, where you at, bro? Man, this guy, this guy really sorted uh, quickly. Uh, oh, you know, we, we go down a rabbit hole in a hurry. <laughs> hey man, you got you got to give me a heads up, man. You got to bring me in on the uh, the rose colored lenses weeks, man. Like this is <laughs> real, man. You know, I, I was I was born in a lab, man. I'm like Obama or something, man. <laughs> See, we like messing with nah, you, bro. Man. That's the whole point. We, we, that's the whole point. We can. We, it can go anywhere. It can go anywhere. You guys ever see uh, some? I forget something on the South Side. It's called. It's a movie about Barack and Michelle when they first met at in Chicago right. with the thing. You saw it, Reg? I, I know a movie. I, I haven't watched that one yet, but I know what you're talking uh, about. I, I, it was in, I was in a hotel the other night. It was after midnight, waiting for the uh, for the gummy to kick in, going through the dial, and there was this you know movie about. Uh, them and there's this one very eventful day and supposedly all the events except one actually took place on that day like everything we saw except for this one large event took place on this one day their first supposedly their first date and it was interesting it was really interesting that you know knowing a little bit about them um that brother was mad persistent like he you know he ran through a lot of stop signs Mm -hmm. you know so you're saying that today would be a stalker? Possibly. Uh, not quite a stalker, but right, right on the edge. Like now he could be, he could be perceived problematic because she was all about, she was, she's one of those black women who is going to attend every argument to which she's invited. There is no, mm-hmm. there is no perceived slight or injury right. that she is not going to respond to. You know, mm. if if you walk past her and you and she feels too much air on her shoulder, she's thinking this motherfucker tried to brush past me and I'm going to show him that you can't rush. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I was watching that like I was like, 
damn, bro, you must really, you must think that booty is broken because she's putting up, she's giving you a lot of bullshit. Well, he found them whether he wanted. He yeah, found that's who he wanted. wanted. Oh, yeah. You know, and it worked out for him. And, you know, he, if she would have said she's factory, no good, he would have bought her someplace different. Well, no, nah, you know, they were both community organizers. Uh, he was doing an internship at the law firm. Like, she knew what his financials were. Uh, he won. That, that was before everybody had to be fly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was before yeah, you had to. She had knew the ramen was coming. You know, you had to, exactly. This is before you had to post everything on, on the gram the next day. I show your girls that you balling. Well, I think that the message of the story is really about choices. Because that's what we're really talking about tonight is choices that you make. Just because, like, somebody doesn't have it today doesn't mean they won't have it tomorrow. That's generally how we came up. That's the that Paul Washington together. story. Paul at Washington story? Paul at Washington, Denzel's wife. Oh, yeah. The time mm -hmm. that they started dating, she was already on Broadway. She was, the, she was the bigger star. And so she paid for dinner on their first date. That would never happen today. Or would they're, it? They're, 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 well, if you find the right woman, you know, you, you find the right woman, you have the right conversation. See, that's one of the things, like, you can evolve into something like that. I don't think on the app you could get there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't think in, in that binary swipe game mode thing that you can get toward, you can touch people's souls. And really get that, get in that conversation because there's all, there's another one, there's another person just waiting. Or like in but that world no where you, you meet somebody, you start building a conversation, you're finding out about them where you're, you're getting to see behind the curtain a little bit about them before you get in the dating situation. I think in that, like, you know, Hey, look, we've worked together. This is a real cool dude. He's got good conversation. Yeah. He ain't got, but I got a feeling about him. You know, you can do that. But there, these social squares, though, that you're referring to, where you, we get to know people, those social squares, they only really exist well, yeah, on you the can't, internet. You can't fuck your coworkers anymore. So I guess, you know, how else are you supposed to meet these people? Like, you either got to go to church now or. I was, I was just getting ready to hatch that, like, I got to go back to my man and in, in, uh, coming to America with, you know, the, the barber. You know, right. I mean, y'all didn't. Threw everything out there. It's like, Dan, can you even meet a meet a woman at church anymore, or is it some some debauchery in there awaiting you as well? Well, I mean, where we grew up, the two strictest religions on the planet, Seventh Day Adventists and the Jehovah's Witness, like everybody who was under eighteen who had a baby belonged to one of those two sects. <laughs> everybody. I used to go, my aunt was Jada, was a Seventh-day Adventist. They in church all day Saturday. But at a certain point, there's lunch, and now the kids are in the basement, and the parents are upstairs. And mm -hmm. all the jinx went down in the basement. Like, they were all sexualized by sixth grade, seventh grade. You know, in the basement, everybody's getting pushed into closets to get quick kisses. and uh, So, yeah, you find ratchetness in church. It's everywhere, Doc. They just, the good thing is that they sober when you meet their ratchet ass, like, unlike at the bar where they smoked and talk and shit. Yeah. So, I guess, so to your point, John, man, what's, what's up with the choices then? Like, is anybody making a choice to like get themselves together first to represent half of, of a couple that can be? successful, you know, as, as they build towards it. Because, you know, things weren't uh, going great for me when I met my wife. Uh, I was coming home from the Navy, needed some time to figure out what my next move was, going to school, working part-time. And she kind of, she did, did the most until I got on my feet, probably in year two or three. And then, um, uh, you know, I was able to, then I kind of became the breadwinner. And then we just started piecing it all together. But then even after I got a full-time job with benefits and all of that, I still, maybe six, seven years later, I went back and finished my, my four-year degree. 
And then two or three years after that, knocked out the masters. My wife took care of her stuff. So that's, I guess that's my, my, my question. You know, is anybody trying to making a choice to be a part of a team and then y'all go get it as a team? I think that I'm like it out here so well. Those people aren't represented on social media because they out there living their lives. They doing their, so it's mm. just, you know, the, the, the selected group, you know, we all here, we all looking at this. We're all enamored with this. The people who, who are doing their thing and they ain't got time to be posting their every move and, and they do they live. So, so that's that why is, my wife is like, we, like I said, man, I, I, I was created in a lab, man. I mean, we, we, <laughs> I was created well, in listen. a lab too, but it was by Jack Daniels was uh, <laughs> wearing lab coat. <laughs> so you were, you were distilled it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys have pretty much covered it all. You know, when it's, I mean, listen, I'm not in that um, age group to know exactly. I can only guess upon what I, from what I see. And it seems to me like the opportunities to go out and meet people, have fun, do different things, and like sleep with different people. I think like sometimes like sleeping with different people, hanging out with different groups and, Things like that. They're not doing that anymore. It's not for free. Everything is transactional. I think that people aren't long-term planning, and it kind of comes down to a lot of the financial problems that we see. These kids today, they don't look at, like I was watching the TikTok the other day where this chick was like, there's no possible way I'm going to go out and buy a million-dollar home. That was worth two hundred thousand dollars just four years ago, with these high interest rates and expect to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and everything. There's no possible way that's ever going to happen. So I'm renting forever. And when you think about renting forever, you know, thinking about you don't think about it's not this is not the 1940s and 50s where, you know, um, it's not the honeymooners with Ralph and with uh, Ralph and Ethel or whatever. And where they're living happily in an apartment in Brooklyn, motherfuckers want space. They want bigger and better things than also, that. If, you know, Ralph was living in a tenement. Now you live in an apartment building owned by a by a real estate investment group. They need profits every year, so your yeah. rent is getting kicked hard. You right, know, your rent is a source of somebody else's wealth now. Right, like before it was it was somebody's earnings. Now it's part of somebody's wealth. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to go back to the way it was where people are coupled up just because of the fact that you can't afford to live by yourself. So now you're going to have yeah. people in, in bad relationships because it's just like, it's shitty to be, it's worse that if you're not in a relationship with the person and you're living with them, it's tough to be a roommate because then like, if you have two people living and they're just roommates, then those two people have people that they date off and on. So that's more people coming in this dynamic of this small apartment because that's all you can fuck, uh, fucking afford. It's just like, it's terrible for these kids. I don't know where you would meet indeed. So I don't, I don't think that people are like really thinking in terms of, I'm going to help this dude out. And he's going to say, even if he only makes the equivalent of like $40,000 right now, one day he'll make like, you know, um, 90 to 130 and be able to take care of me. People aren't thinking in terms of that anymore because that type of progression doesn't exist in the realm of even the workplace for the average person. There's certain people that that's still true, but for less and less people, that's the reality. So and I, I, I was, I would say that's, that's exactly the wood's point though, because what used to be, it used to be the 80, the 85 and you know, y'all know the numbers. It used to be the 85s that were looking to build something with a man that took home that, that back in the day took home at, you know, learned how to cook in school. You know what I mean? Back, like back when my mom was in school at a certain point, boys went one way and girls went another, right? Girls, girls learned how to, how to keep a home and, and how to sew, how to, how to do, you know, quote unquote, woman's work. You know what I mean? The, the kind of thing that used to be considered woman's work. That's what they learned how to do while men went out to 
went to learn how to be out in the marketplace, how to, how to earn money and take care of a family. Right. So that used to be 85%, but now the game is flipped, right? Like women, women decided that they wanted to be equal to men, which is impossible because the two things can never be equal because we're different, but they've decided that they wanted to be equal to men. So now they, they've decided that they're not going to do the things to keep a home. They're going to do the things that men do, right? That they, they want to be allowed to do the things that men do. So, okay, cool. Well, who's going to keep the home, right? If, if, if men are in the workplace and women are in the workplace, nobody's learning how to keep the home. So how, how do you keep the home? So to Wood's point, like there is no, there is no, or, or the, the faction of people that want to do that want to actually build something with a guy is now the five, the 10%. Not, it's not the 85 anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where, where the, the, the whole population used to be the 10%. Now the whole population is the 85. And even, and even some of the, even some of the 10% look like the 85s. You standing mm-hmm. too close to them, baby girl. Mm-hmm. Right. You wear, you wearing the same clothes. You're doing the same shit on the ground, right? So, so even if you do want to be Susie Homemaker, right? Not, you you don't you don't you doing too much to mimic these hoes out here. So how am I how am I to be able to how how can I tell the difference? You you, you see what I'm saying, Wood? How can I tell the difference? It, I, I I'm just I it, man, I can't even get it out. But I'm I, in trouble. I guess that's why I'm just so uh, I'm just so confused, man. Because me and my wife got serious as social media was coming online. So, like, my wife doesn't even do anything on social media. Um, and I mean, she's just a very practical person, man. And, and it's just in in live and being around other females, some of her, you know, cousins and stuff, man. And just sitting back and taking in some of the conversation. You know, I'm like, again, the choices, the committing to anything is strange. But then let me, just two quick stories. I'll keep them brief. But my wife's cousin, he may be two or three years younger than us. And this brother, a couple months ago, he sends me a picture of a sedan that he bought. So he downsized from an SUV and sent me, it was like a Passat. And I know he's you. I know throughout the years that I've been with my wife and knowing him, he's generally had an SUV. Rather than fell on some hard times financially, so you know he tells it to me like, and I, I know that I know already know what's going on with him. But I'm like, I don't know why a, a, a man is sending another man a picture of a car. I mean, it ain't no Lambo or nothing. But I'm like, I just play it stupid. Like, are oh, you right sizing or something? You know whatever. Send me this shit for. It. <laughs> Last week, I'm sitting here. You know, I made some small conversation about it. I'm because I'm not even a car dude. One. But anyway, uh, then last week I'm sitting here and I get a text message. This brother sends me a picture of him with a with a chain on and some medallion or pendant that he's bought. And I'm what am I supposed to do with this? Like, what what are you, bro? What what is this shit? I cop a, I cop a new piece, and I'm like, bro, you you don't go to clubs. Again, you mid forties now. You lost your house a couple of years ago, and now I think you lost the apartment or something. They might have had to move in with a. What a this this this. So I'm just saying, I don't know what people are doing anything for doing things and making moves for anymore unless it is on for the gram. But everybody Some can be them. famous now. The thing I is will... everybody has the potential to be famous now. If you post enough stuff, there's a chance you go viral and people in faraway places will know your name. But it's wild. Yeah. But it's wild, Robert, because he just wanna be famous in between in our text message. Like yeah. Put this shit on Instagram and I see it on there and then you don't have to like make me think lesser of you because you shared this shit with me like it was something. You know, my take on that is, honestly, um, 
like you said, he's lost a lot and he's trying to make himself feel good about what he's lost. And this is like what, what he actually represents is he actually represents like the flipping of that 85 now, like Rand just said with the hose. It's like now the, now we're just talking about it in terms of men. He's the manhole now because everything that he used to have, he don't have anymore. So it's like in order to make himself feel good, he's showing these, these, these small games and trying to, trying to go backwards. But well, we all know that you can't go back and you can't snatch time back and bring it forward. And this is what this world that we're living in right now is doing to a lot of generations. A lot of people like our age and a little bit older and a little bit younger and everything, a lot of them are really ready to check out because after the, you know, after their twenties and thirties and they're supposed to get things and really in your forties, you're supposed to have a little bit more in life and it's tough to look around and say like you know you don't have that but in the meantime you've never really been been conditioned to think about it it just pops up you know for a lot of people it just pops up because you know you were you thought you were always going to have x y or z you've been going out you've been doing these things on routine spending money i was watching this brother on tv on um, the internet today and he was talking about the difference between, he was like, it was another um, podcast. And the guy was like, yo, these women, they want to have the 5,000 hour bags and they're walking up. And I would rather have a brown paper bag with 5,000 hours holding in it because then I know I'm building towards something. And it's this consumer mindset. And you have a consumer mindset even after you get things. It's hard to break away from the training of the consumer mindset. So you might have had a house at one point, but you never stopped to realize that paying for that house is the most important thing. Not having that house and now also trying to look good in it and go on vacations when I can't afford a vacation. It's getting that mortgage paid is what it is. I have a lot of experience in that with dealing with people. This doesn't come from personal experience. This comes from A, working as a mortgage banker, talking to people who had got themselves into these problems and be working as a realtor from doing a ton of short sales for people that got overextended in their personal lives. And I'm telling you, this is how it happens. And while it's happened, this is the whole YOLO problem is that we talk about it as black people, but you have to realize that it's not just a black people thing. This is like that whole YOLO thing is the United States of America and all these yes, things coming together and you piece all these things together like we do in these conversations and these podcasts and what you come up with is this insidious pie where only certain people understand what you're supposed to look for in a meat and it ain't and flesh it ain't whether or not he takes me the cheesecake factory or not you know certain people know what to look for in a partner, newsflash is not because he's cute and because he's got a lot of women, but because he's interested in the one woman that is me. There's all these like disconnects that other generations used to teach us that they're not being taught anymore. And what we're seeing is we're seeing like basically the numbers go all all over the place. So the eighty fives ain't the eighty fives anymore. And you know, you talk about the the consumer culture and everything. We've extended adolescence like damn near to the end of the twenties now. Like right. Saturday, Saturday is for the boys, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of culture, that bro culture. So dudes ain't even they're not even folk careers till they're almost thirty, you know, mid thirties. Well, then they're turning around going, Oh shit, I better I better step on the gas now. I'm behind. Right. You know. You know so we've like it's distorted on both sides. All the way. That's a fact. So, so that's what I'm, I'm getting. That's why I asked the question, like, what are people coming into the world to, like, what am I going to be as an individual? And let me build, create, let me, let me go through whatever steps and whatnot that I have to build it, that I have to go through to be that individual so I can be one half of this good team. Well, but you now, just have 
these fractured, like, like Robert just said, these, you just had these undeveloped people out here walking around and get with another undeveloped person and they get together and destroy each other's lives. And then, like oh. you said, they trying to put this shit back together in late thirties. And it's like, we can't, for, my hope would be as a community that like we would quit, we would quit wasting from 18 or 20 to 35, 37. Like we can't, we, we need to quit wasting them 17 years defining ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that just seems to be where we're stuck. Well, the thing is, like, let me just say one thing. Like okay. this generation doesn't, can't really understand the value of what you have, Wood, because they can't, quanti they can't quantify it. There's no way to put that on the, on Instagram where it actually like works for them on a daily basis or on like, you know, you can't make that, uh, you can't make it what it is. You know, we, we like, I, we've been on you like laughing and cracking up during the show, but it's like, it's out of respect, you know, for the fact that you're able to make that work, you know, and a lot of people don't want that work. It's too hard. Ahead, and also man. I would, I would say one, how many of them have a role model in that regard how many of them have oh. seen two people make this thing work fight through some really tough shit come back out on the other side dedicate all the energy to a project the children for a little bit come back come out on the other side and keep coming back to each other how many of them how many of them have the role model i didn't have that role model for sure uh, yeah. and also then you go to school and once you get to school it's you against the rest of the members of your class you know, you got 12 to 16 years of, of education, which they're telling you to do everything on your own. And now you get out of the real world and like the real world, you need to collaborate with folks, but you ain't never, they ain't never really prepared you to collaborate with anybody because you always got to take the test by yourself. So this is, right. this, this is why I find so much of our culture, uh, our current culture, current black pop culture however you want to phrase it. That's why I find so, so much of it really counterproductive and, and, and harmful because, and Robert, you just, you just hit the nail on the head uh, with me getting 20 years of marriage. Like you said, I didn't have any, I didn't have anybody to leave me, leave me any breadcrumbs or how to make that happen. I haven't had nobody to really, uh, you know, to, to talk through hard times with, uh, you know, I, I didn't see anybody else going through hard times and how they handled hard times. And so I guess like I've been <clears throat> isolated so much. Like I didn't grow up around, I didn't grow up around any family. My family, my mom's family from Detroit. Dad's family is from uh, Pennsylvania, pr pretty much Harrisburg for the most part. So we're just here in the middle. So I don't have a lot. Of, I never had a lot of interaction with uncles, cousins, and all of that type of stuff. I've just been sitting here piecing together my world as I go. And <clears throat> so like I said, when I'm listening to all of this stuff, I don't know I'm aware of it, what y'all are talking about. But it just seemed like we just, we just, we just don't have much of a focus on being decent, solid, good people individually. So like I said, when we go out here and get into these relationships, these relationships are healthy. Relation, healthy relationships can come, can become marriages and whatnot, and then families and then have healthy families. We're just out here constantly trying to get it in. Yeah, we're not really building relationships that are that are really behind beyond the physical point. You know, there's no loyalty involved in it. There's none of the good stuff that actually makes a relationship um fall. And that's what we really have to work on. We have to work on things that we can't see, the things that we can't see and showing the tangible qualities of that. And guess what, fellas? Our hour is up. That's good because I had an edible that's just starting to kick in. But timing is everything. <laughs> anybody's man, anybody's. From New Jersey, representing the armpit of America. Mr. Robert Brooks. Dawkins. From old high, old home of the players. Dayton, 
And uh, who was that cat back in the day? Roosevelt, Roosevelt Chapman, high flyer. Oh, yeah. I'm running. Mr. Reggie Reggie. Thank you. And of course, from Detroit, home of the Amish Sanctuary and the best city wings in all of the city of Detroit, the City Wing King, home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some, baby. Come get you some. Mr. Grand Lancaster. That's right. As close as we get to a sponsorship, yeah, I wasn't bored in trouble. That's why I've been So, fellas, man, anything you guys would like to add before we sign on? Hey, I'll I just throw it in there, man. Along with uh, trying to hear some things to actually experience life, feelings, and emotions and all of that, all of that uh, I just recommend brothers check out that new BJ the Chicago Kid album, Great. Okay. All right. A little soul music. Mm -hmm. You got a music floor. Soul music, okay. So it's for the music lovers. We're especially going to leave the members on the show, so we're going to pick that one up. And um, yo, fellas, just about done. And I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to say, I'm glad that we didn't have to talk about Israel, Gaza, Palestine, or the changing over of Israel that's going on right now. There's no need to talk about it. It's already been decided. They're plowing Palestine over. Born in trouble. See y'all next week. Peace. What? Did I say something? <laughs> hey, what, 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 Just no, the truth. Just wanted to finish my little story real quick. You know, I, I got those. Uh, 